right, welcome back to Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded show where we talk about new movies that just came out. Now, that is what we have done in the past, but this year we're actually going to do something slightly different, be a little more on message, slightly. Uh, Pierre, you want to... You wanna, you wanna take over from me i don't know what, what's the you change? don't know what i'm okay so so like there's not much of a change actually it's still the same format we're still going to talk about new movies most of the time that's what we're doing today as people probably heard in the intro i don't know if this is the intro probably is yes the it intro. is it is the intro we're going with it all right this is the intro so like as uh, so uh yeah we're talking about new movies today uh and we're still going to talk about new movies like every other week or so but also uh, we are now officially sponsored by the UBCO Movie Maniacs, which is a club that gets together every two weeks wow. and watches a classic movie, usually a classic movie. It's voted on by the members, I believe. Yes. So. Well, what, what defines a classic movie before... That's the thing. It's uh, It's got to be voted on by our members. Well, there you go. That's what defines a classic movie. So... We're also going to talk about those every now and then. Exciting. And um, there's other movie clubs on campus. We're going we're gonna to try and integrate with the community a little bit. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe we'll bring in a guest at some point, but this is a very small booth, so we might not. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But um, yeah, every every second Friday, starting on the 27th, 27th of September, yeah. which, if you're hearing this, might already be in the past. That's true. It's hard, hard to, to say. Yeah. Jinx. But, uh, Anyways, yeah. what are we here to talk about? What are we going to talk about? Today we're going to talk about It, Chapter 2. And uh, since we did say this is the intro, uh, there's either like a full trailer just that you're about to hear or like there's a really funny violin sound in the trailer that I really like. So maybe you'll just hear that. And here it is. Hello. And we're back. Wow. Crazy, right? That was really good. It was. I did that all with my mouth. Crazy, huh? Uh, okay. <laughs> I was gonna make <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> Never mind. Anyways, uh, it part two thoughts. So, or do we want to talk about? Well, so like we can talk general thoughts. Let's not talk spoilers just yet. I'm gonna say I saw this movie at the time of recording almost two weeks ago. It is a distant memory. So yeah. you know, take from that already what you will. Not very fresh. I was. Um, I uh, did a little bit of preparation for this show uh, because I already knew shortly after that I probably have a lot to say, but, like, it's not very fresh in my memory. So I went and watched It Chapter 1. So uh, basically what we're going to do today is we'll both have thoughts on It Chapter 2, but uh, I might focus a little more on comparing it to Chapter 1 just because mm-hmm. that's very fresh in my memory. I went home at, like, 8, eight o'clock yesterday and watched that until... Is bedtime, so it's a long movie. And chapter two is longer somehow. Very much longer. Very and it very much felt that way too. Yeah. Um and oh. it's weird because like not as much happens in it chapter two either, if you think about it. No, about the same. It's basically No, a... no, no. You would you say that and you think that, but yeah. actually like in chapter one, they go through like an entire summer, basically, and there's all of the events that happen that summer. It's very fast paced. Oh. But in chapter two, it's like it's, I guess, technically an entire summer. It's, it seems like a couple of days. It is a couple of days. It's a couple of days. Yeah. And, like, it's very linear. I mean, I guess they're all linear, but it's... Uh, I don't know what a non-linear movie would look like. But yeah. anyway... Pulp Fiction. Oh, are yeah. You, are you talking about an It movie that was non-linear? Well, that too. Oh, yeah, but anyway, I don't know. But, like, it's very, it's very linear and, like, things just sort of, all right, this has happened and now the next thing will happen. And then... You know, it goes like that. Where in the first one, it's, I guess, people are living their lives and things happen to them instead of, like... It's hard to explain 
especially since I started explaining it badly and now I got to commit to that. So anyway, okay, what are what are your what are your thoughts on it part 2? Yeah. Uh it was very long, very dram- overly dramatic. Mm-hmm. Lots of odd comedy moments. Um it it didn't feel like it was directed by the same person entirely. Absolutely. I fully agree. And it was. It was directed by the same person, yeah. right? So like I don't know what was different between this and the first one and as far as as far as the behind the camera goes, but mm-hmm. it feels very different. I think a big part of it was they were trying to up the ante with the adults and that didn't didn't really work out no. because they want I guess they wanted the adults to they have to scare them differently, right? They're not yeah. kids anymore. But they didn't really change it in any way. The scares were all the same. They were just kind of longer and more annoying. And, I mean, to me, this... So, I noted earlier uh, when we were just talking privately about this that in the first movie, it's it has... Uh, Kerry Fukunaga has a writing credit. Mm-hmm. And um, for anyone who's listening and doesn't know, Kerry Fukunaga did Maniac. He did Beasts of No Nation. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's done a couple of other things. He's True Detective. True Detective. He's a very... Good he's, writer. he's a very good writer and he's a very and he's very good especially when he directs at like little subtle touches in the background so like the first movie actually feels like a Kerry Fukunaga movie it's not directed by him but it definitely has his style which is weird because I would not think that it would if he's just the writer yeah you certainly like it certainly feels like his style because there's so many subtle touches they they do it a little bit in chapter two very very briefly but like there's some scenes where someone will be doing something and that's what's actually going on in the plot but in the background they just told everyone to like freeze yeah so um there's a scene in the first movie where ben is uh he's in the library he's the new kid and uh he's in the library just reading up on dairy history and while he's doing that you'll see shots of him like hunched over a book but while he's hunched over that book and they never address it in the background the librarian is just standing there really creepily completely out of focus another lady behind him is has a book open completely out of focus but isn't looking at the book she's looking directly at him Mm -hmm. and like those are never addressed the librarian and the other lady aren't even explicitly said to be like monsters or pennywise or anything Mm -hmm. it's just there Mm -hmm. and um there's a lot of subtle touches like that in the first movie and there's the only one. There's only one I can think of in it, chapter two, which is where uh, Richie, who is played by Bill Hader, goes to the he goes to the park, and while he's talking to Pennywise, um, in the background, there's like um, there's they're setting up the amphitheater for the yearly dairy festival or whatever, and as they're setting up, as he, as they're talking to each other. Uh, the people stop setting up and just freeze behind him and like are all standing rigidly like toy soldiers in lines right behind him doing nothing. And as soon as like he's done talking to Pennywise, they just all continue about their business. But like that's there, but that's not as prevalent in the second one. Those are, that's just like one stylistic thing I noticed. Mm-hmm. But also, um, you know, the TV, all, the TV, there's always a kid's show on about hanging out in the sewers and like hanging out with your friend the clown and Mm. eventually tell the the tv show eventually when it is finally brought into focus it's what it's where the bully gets the idea to kill his dad yeah yeah but that's there in the background for the entire show like every time so there's a tv on it's it's showing that show Mm. where they're like and they're always talking about like you can play in the sewers 
It's really strange. And just those little subtle touches, I mean, they remind me a lot of Maniac, which is why I say that sounds, that seems so much like Kerry Fukunaga's influence, but it's just weird since he's only a writer. Yeah, I could see that. Well, he, he had a big hand in pre-production too. That's true. But yeah, I would say those types of things just really add to the atmosphere of the whole thing. And to me, that's the main distinction between, um, so I guess to summarize all my main thoughts, the first one is actually kind of scary and just a very good movie. And the second one, as you said, drags on and it's not scary. Yeah. And the only reason that the first one, like not the only reason, but the biggest reason that the first one is actually scary where the second one isn't is those subtle touches. Because the big jump scares they do aren't, I mean, they don't land for me. I don't care that much about jump scares. I would say, well, the second one was just flooded with jump scares. Yeah. The first one had them. I, I would say they weren't very effective either. They weren't very effective, but I also think they were more effective because the, the jump scares in these movies are like, what is the monster that the child sees? And in the first one, it's like you're seeing something that is deeply personal to that kid. And it's always like as a kid would see it. And if it would scare a child in that moment, it would scare you because you've now like put yourself into the position of this kid because there's such they're so well acted and written characters. Yeah. Where in the third in the second one, it's like, oh, what scared them as a kid? A CGI movie monster. And like they're now 40 year adults. Sure, a CGI movie monster in real life is going to scare them, but as a 40-year adult, as a as a 40-year-old, like, well, okay, I'm not a 40-year-old, but, like, as a 25-year-old, I can kind of identify with this 40-year-old, but I can't identify with a 40-year-old getting barfed on by a CGI movie monster and think that's scary. Yeah. Like it's, and, it, I mean, it's that particular scene is also played for a joke anyway, but... I just thought it was weird that they used the childhood influence, like the childhood scares as scares when they were adults. Exactly. I thought it, okay, my hope was that with it coming back, like the monster, yeah. he would have rethought his strategy and he'd used like a lot more, I, I don't know how to describe it actually exactly, but like psychological torture in that sense, like more gritty, more realistic, not just like the plain like, like, oh, this guy's scared of germs, so mm -hmm. I'll like maybe touch them with germs, you know? I mean, so in, in Chapter 2, the characters are very much the same as in Chapter 1. They're the same people. But what's important to note, to note, and, like, it doesn't come across at all, is that they've spent more time outside of Derry now than they have in Derry. Mm -hmm. So, like, what scared them as a child is still probably going to scare them because they have, like, really deep-seated traumas. But also, they're going to be scared of new things. So, yeah, that rethinking your strategy or at least, like, doing something new feels like he could have done that. Well, yeah, well, it just felt like a retread Yeah, the first one in that way where, like, a lot of the... Even, like, there were lots of flashbacks in this movie, mm -hmm. which I will say was really weird. It was like they were fixing things they missed from the first movie. Yeah. But it was the same director, you know? And he, I thought he had a complete vision over it. So I'm surprised, like, that they had to do so many flashbacks to kind of fit into the second movie. Should should we, like, summarize this movie real quick? I don't know if we need to, but, like, we haven't, so... Mm, I mean, I think people know what it is. That's scary true. Clown so scares people. The, the first It movie is about, yeah, Scary Clown that scares people. But, like, It, the Scary Clown, Pennywise the Clown, is, like... um. It's this creature that can just be whatever you fear most. Mm -hmm. And then it comes back every 27 years, mostly to eat kids. And it likes 
the taste of kids that are scared. And that's that's the premise here. And so it chapter two is 27 years after the first one. Mm. That's that's the summary. If you if you haven't caught on to what we're talking about yet, Um, just in case. But yeah, so then but then a lot of things it just felt very disjointed from the first one in general. Like there was those things like with the flashbacks. So those flashbacks actually all. So I just watched the first one. Yeah. And those flashbacks all do take place during a time in the first movie, which is not display, which which isn't pictured, mm-hmm. and like they set up that they have this whole time they can explore in the first in the first movie. Yeah, it's not necessarily the best way to do it, but um, you know, they they at least were thinking that far ahead, where it's like, okay, we need this time to set up these events in the second movie. Let's do it as flashbacks in the second movie, and we'll just like cut out this whole month. Not the best way to do it, no. but. It, was, it is there. It was, yeah, there was the idea. I think yeah. it just really hurt the pacing. Yeah. Going back and forth. And then there was just so many flashbacks, too, so, that it just kind of, like, lost its luster after a while. So, as as all of our listeners know, uh, we are not allowed to enjoy movies on this podcast at all. And <laughs> yeah, uh, I want to know, I want I want to tell exactly what I specifically didn't enjoy about this movie. <laughs> what? In the first one, it felt like this is a summer where these kids, they're doing something out of the ordinary. Like, they're investigating this child disappearances and stuff. But they are going about their summer, and things are happening to them. And, like, those things are all super scary, whatever. This clown is happening to them as they're going about their business. They're not seeking it out necessarily. Or, I mean, they kind of are, but they're not going, like, all right, it's time for scary Monday. It's time for scary Sundays. Let's go seek out the clown. Where in the second one, they go back to try, they specifically go back to Derry to try and hunt down this clown. And the way they do it is a spooky scavenger hunt. I hate that. It it changes the entire structure of the movie and it's not, it feels way less organic. Because in the first one, it's like, all right, well, as they're investigating this thing, uh, it doesn't want them to, obviously it doesn't want them to succeed, but also it's like trying to kill them as well at the same time. In the second one, they're like, all right, we need tokens. So everyone split up and go get your token. And then you get a sequence of events where everyone gets their special token on this weird scavenger hunt. Mm-hmm. And then they all, t- and as they get, every time someone gets a token, without fail, it leads to a spooky situation. And during that spooky situation, you get the scares. And so it felt very, where the first one felt really organic, even if there were like specific beats it certainly had to hit. The second one felt like it felt really formulaic and not even necessarily formulaic in that it was like a bunch of other movies. It was just like, oh, I can tell what's going to happen now because character X just got like Beverly just got her token. So now it's time for one of the other people to get their token. Yeah, and that was the entire second out of the movie, uh, second act of the movie. Not and the second each of them getting a token yeah. and also getting attacked. And uh, if we didn't specifically mention this already uh this movie is three hours long the second act of the movie is like an hour and a half yeah <laughs> it's most of the movie so it's a lot of just that yeah and also like I, I i don't necessarily have a problem with it but like literally the scenes add nothing to the movie it, it kind of sort of moves the plot forward but there's no character development there's nothing new we find there's like a couple small things we find out about the characters, but I don't really think they were important. But it's honestly nothing that we didn't find out in the first movie anyway. No. And you can't watch this movie without watching the first movie. So you yeah. already know all of these things about the characters. Like when one, when the uh, when Eddie, uh, who's afraid of germs, 
shit. goes to get his spooky token. He's encou- he encounters a leper that mm. was what Pennywise showed himself to Eddie as in the, uh, first, movie. In the first movie. So he encounters this um, spooky germ guy, and it's gross. And that's like it. that's that's it. <laughs> yeah. It's we have learned nothing new about Eddie or about Pennywise or about anything. Mm. It's just another scene where he encounters something really gross. Yeah. Which it's fine, but also like that scene is 20 minutes and it doesn't add anything, like you said. Yeah. Well, that's like honestly the movie in a nutshell. Like yeah. it's very I felt it was very derivative. Like, Honestly, it's just like it's three hours and it doesn't add anything. Well, yeah, like if you're <laughs> gonna make a long movie, at least like add some new stuff. But like they were just like they were dealing with the same exact problems too as the first movie in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Like, like for example, who's the main guy? Will or Bill? Bill. Bill. Like he's still insecure about the death of his brother. Yeah. Which I thought he got over in the first movie. Right. But then in the second movie, he has to re get over it all over again. Yeah, and it's like yes, it's still gonna affect him if you bring it up. But yeah. like it's not. Do we need to dedicate an entire movie? Does that have to be his spooky token? Is go and get over the death of your brother again? Again, yeah. It was just like the only seen one this that before. the only one that actually added anything is so. I thought the casting was fine. It was great. Like I thought that all of them were well cast, as far as I was concerned. Um, sure. They, you know, they didn't necessarily have the greatest material to work with, but as far as casting goes, like I, I, I can't complain. I'd say half of the cast was pretty solid. I can, I can agree with that. Jessica Chastain kind of fell flat. Guy that played Mike. I mean, I've, I just feel bad for him. They they don't really get yeah. Mike in both they, movies anything to work with. I feel really bad for Mike because I was expecting this to be the movie where Mike gets his, like, moments. And Come up and see yeah. Not at not all. Not really. He didn't even have to go get a spooky token. He had it at the beginning. He's like, I got my spooky token. Yeah, so there was that. And Jessica Chastain, I thought she was well cast. I thought also that she kind of fell flat. But, like, again, I as far as I'm concerned, that's kind of just she wasn't given the best material to work with. No. I will um, say Bill Hader and James McAvoy both were pretty solid. I, They're just both great actors, though. So, so the reason that I even said that in the first place is because I wanted to specifically say that Bill Hader, as far as I'm concerned, is the standout of this movie. For sure. And, like, I say that partially because he just perfectly does Richie. But also, his spooky token is the only one that I'm convinced actually adds something to the movie. Yeah. Because in the first movie, like, we don't actually get a lot about Richie. Um, I don't even remember... I don't know if Richie even has a, like, specific Pennywise moment. Like, he's got the doors in the end, but I don't think that he ever, like... Like, most of the characters specifically encounter Pennywise or their own, like, private horror somewhere, and, and you get, like, a full character moment in with In the them. second movie or the first? First. The first, no. Yeah, and in the sure. second movie... So, in the first one, Richie doesn't get that. He gets one moment where they're talking... Uh, where they're all talking and he's like, I'm afraid of clowns. And you're like, oh, Pennywise is a clown. Yeah. <laughs> and But in the second movie, he, like gets his own moment where he has to where he has like characterization and development and like we find out that it's it's heavily implied that Richie is probably a closeted gay man in this mm-hmm. mo- in this movie they really flesh that out and Bill Hader one plays that really well but also like Finn Wolfhard does is just great as Richie but he doesn't get time to have his own like character moments and Bill Hader really does so like the the combo of those two is just the standout of both of these movies. Yeah, it really worked out. Okay, that's kind of hard to say, though, when, when you've got Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise. I didn't like him in this really? movie. Really? I thought, okay, it might just be the way they directed it, but I thought Pennywise was just really boring. 
this movie. I personally, like, every scene that wasn't heavily CGI'd that had Bill Hader in it, I loved. Or not Bill Hader. Well, that too. Pennywise. That had Pennywise in it, yeah. I loved. Okay. Like, when it was big CGI, CGI clown spider Pennywise, I didn't love that. And, like, yeah. when Pennywise appeared as other monsters, it's fine. Mm. The scenes that were just, like, just makeup Bill Skarsgård Pennywise... I really like that character and the way that Bill Skarsgård does him. And I wish that he would have had more time. There's a scene like where he's under, where he lures a girl under bleachers. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the best scenes in the movie. Yeah. You don't have to agree. I don't, I mean, it was one of the best scenes in the movie, but I still didn't like it that much. Okay, fair. Well, I mean, I think we can probably agree that one of the best scenes in this movie does not necessarily meet a high bar. No. But also another scene that I really liked is in, in, in Beverly's spooky token segment. Most of that segment is garbage. But there's a scene where she like runs into a hallway and she sees old Bill Skarsgård like doing some carpentry. <laughs> and then he turns around and like rips his face up. And yeah. I'm like, oh, I like this a lot. So, you know, anytime that it was Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise just doing a Pennywise thing, I liked it. Mm. When it. But he didn't get a lot of time in this movie either. So well, not as himself. No, no. He, he, Pennywise had a lot more screen time in general, but not in the forms. No, Bill yeah, Skarsgård could act in, and also like a lot more screen time in general. But a lot of that is he's a big clown spider saying "I'm gonna get ya," where like yeah. people are doing other things, which is the focus of what's going on. Yeah. Well, the thing with those is like he just lost all his subtlety. Yeah. In this movie. And again, like, I thought he would be more subtle, but it's he those just subtle got moments. goofier. Yeah, those subtle, basically, anytime this movie was subtle, I liked it. Yeah. And so, like, even the Bill Skarsgård Pennywise moments, I liked the subtle, like, over-the-top Pennywise, but, like, and I, I don't mind over-the-top Pennywise, but over-the-top in a very specific way. Like, when he appears in the, in near the amphitheater, uh, like, riding in balloons to talk to Richie, and, like, everything around Richie stops. That's over the top, but it's not over the top in the same way as, like, a big spooky CGI monster. Yeah. And so I like that because it's not... It's over the top in the same... But it's the same character as subtle Bill Skarsgård at the mm-hmm. same time, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, like, that... Bill Skarsgård did not get a lot of those moments in this movie, and it's a real shame because I think he's a really good Pennywise. Mm-hmm. He just didn't have enough to work with yeah yeah and i think he just i kind of wish he had a plan or something too yeah like he get maybe get gets a little wiser after like losing for the first time yeah like after 27 years his plan should have been mostly just to like just focus on killing these people right Mm -hmm. away and like using i guess their and again using their new fears against them because there's no way that in 27 years i don't have any new fears exactly when i'm when I'm 52, I will probably be afraid of different things than when I'm 20. Than right now, when I'm 25. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. If not, then like, it, like it'd be very strange if I had no character development between now and then. No. I think the writers are a little better than that. But uh, yeah, well, that's like that. That's the thing. They they were they were able to create whole new character, almost whole new characters. Yeah. Based off of the ones in the first movie, but they didn't. They just yeah. kind of copy and pasted it over. With the exception of Richie. Uh, and I even mean, then, Richie was mostly the same. Even then, Richie's mostly the same, but Bill Hader plays him. There's more. Bill Hader is an older version of Finn Wolfhard, where yeah. like a lot of the other ones are the same character in a new body. Like Bev yeah. didn't 
she got no development in those 27 no. years at all. And she didn't really seem to act like Bev. Yeah. You know? Like, she just seems more adulty. And <laughs> James a... McAvoy, I keep forgetting he's in this movie. Yeah. He was the main character, yeah. but he's exactly the same as in It Chapter One. Yeah. And, like, not exactly the same character, like... Exactly the same character with no character development at all. He's just, you. I forget he's here because mm. I've seen this. There's nothing interesting. Yeah, which is unfortunate. Yeah, this is a like, just looking at a poster, this is a miraculous cast. This cast should not ever happen. And like, it just wasn't used as well as it ought to have been. Yeah. And like, that's partially some of the cast's fault. It's partially the writer's fault. And as far as I'm concerned, it's probably partially Stephen King's fault, but that's because I don't love yeah, Stephen King's stuff. That's fair. I, well, I I know the book was a lot more, I don't know how to, ambitious <laughs> well, with its storytelling. I, have heard, I haven't read the book yet. It's, it's sitting on a desk at home, yeah. and I'm going to get to it at some point. But I've heard that the book, like, jumps between the uh, kids and the adults. Mm -hmm. And I think that if there was ever going to be a third remake of It... They would do that. That's what you should do, and you should maybe do it as, like, a miniseries or mm -hmm. something. Because, like, that could be really... Because the thing is, like, not only did this movie not add very much, but I don't think the adult stuff adds very much by itself. It fleshes out a little bit of the kid stuff if it's done in the right way. Mm -hmm. This movie can't just be fleshing out the first movie. Something has to happen. And also, the first movie, since it didn't have the adults, had to extra flesh out the kids so it already accomplished that hypothetical future version of it if you had like the relevant scenes of the adults in the same in the same uh episode as the relevant scenes with the kids it would add a lot more and it would be nice to actually see i wonder if probably not a director's cut version but i'm sure that someone on the internet will edit both of these movies together to make like a full you know, novel cut version or something. And it would be interesting to see if that can work. I don't know. It's going to be five hours long. I don't know if, you'll, if I'll even watch it. But it's an interesting idea if that could, if, if that would be get like edited together like that. I think it would work better. I think it would work better. I don't know you if it would. do it properly. Well, I don't, I don't know if it <laughs> would really work tough. because this, this uh, series of two movies was envisioned this way. It was, yeah. And since it was envisioned this way and shot this way, you could splice it together, but, like, because that wasn't the intent, I don't know how well it would work. But it might. It might. I think it would just help in the way that they don't feel like the Losers Club in the adult version. Yeah. So I think to link it with the kids' version would really help solidify that these are the same people, this is the same group. Exactly. Even if the writing isn't there for it. Mm -hmm. Because, like, if you think about it, what did they do together? Like, they, they got in this movie they don't really grow together as people they, no. ca they kind of grow individually there's some individual arcs mm -hmm. but there's nothing there's no new experiences it's all relied on their they're relying on their past right to stay together rather than like anything they have in, in that movie in the present yeah you've got the individual growth in this movie and you've got the like together growth in the first one if you put if you you could probably splice both of those together to be like really engaging yeah there you go and you'd probably have to trim like what 40 minutes off this movie i think if that's possible i don't know if that's possible i don't know like if you put both of them together and you like make a big six hour cut or something you could probably cut it into like hour-long segments and make your own mini series that would probably work very pretty Maybe, well yeah. like i think there are 
there's enough decent cliffhanger endings in in both of these movies combined that you could do that. You could oh, straight definitely. yeah, you could straight up just re-release this as a miniseries. In the second one, it feels like every scene is almost like a cliffhanger yeah. scene because of the forced drama that they do. Exactly. So, and plus, I've heard that there's a director cut, director's cut of at least it chapter two, or at least like a longer cut. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily want to see that longer cut by itself, <laughs> yeah. but I'm saying if that would get released and if there was also like a director's cut of number one that was released, you could easily re-release these as a miniseries. Yeah, I think it'd be cool. Mm-hmm. So I guess like, oh, we're still, we still got loads of time to talk about it, but I want to say like just summarizing at this point, I would mm-hmm. say It Chapter 2 had a lot of potential and I wouldn't necessarily say it was wasted potential, but a lot of it went really unused. And it just sort of like, it kind of brings down both movies the way that this movie was done. Yeah. Yeah. It's not it's not actually an outright horrible movie, but it's bad enough that it takes down the first one. No. And if it was a standalone movie, I think it'd just be... As bad. a standalone movie, it wouldn't work. Doesn't not work at all. all. Yeah. Which is, I don't know if that's like a criticism, um, but I would say it's problematic. In general, I think that any movie that any movie that I consider good would work as a standalone movie just because like for me that's one of the prime criteria mm-hmm. but like it's understandable that this movie would not work as a standalone movie because like it's a part two it's it's yeah it's literally part two like mm-hmm. what are you gonna do yeah so it's understandable um but like yeah any other thoughts on it chapter two honestly not really I think we covered all of it oh what Hey, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We covered, I said covered it. all of it. <laughs> yeah, any other horror movies you're looking forward to? We still got some time. You want to talk about, like, did you see anything over the summer? Because I saw a horror movie over the summer. That's why I brought, that's why. Uh, you want to talk about that horror I, movie? I do want to talk about that Is it Pet movie. Cemetery? It's, I don't, was that this year? Because I, I definitely saw year. Pet Cemetery. Yeah, that was this year. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Skip to 32 minutes, 19 seconds to avoid any spoilers on Pet Cemetery. Uh, I didn't love it. Okay. It was fine. Like, it was a good movie as far as, like, movie making goes. Yeah. But I didn't really like it. And I think that most of that is I didn't... I haven't read the original story. Yeah. But having seen the movie, I don't know that I would like the original story very much. Because okay. it's, it's mostly, like, the plot wasn't that interesting to me. Like, it had potential and it just kind of was okay at best. Pet Cemetery is, uh, if anyone is interested in Pet Cemetery, like, if you've read Pet Cemetery, especially, go see this. Like, I don't know how it stacks up to the first adaptation of Pet Cemetery. My dad holds that movie on an unreasonable pedestal. He loves the original Pet Cemetery um, and the book. So I don't know how this compares to the book or the movie, uh, the original movie. But if you have read the book and you haven't seen this movie, I would definitely recommend doing, uh, recommend watching that. If you enjoyed the book. But basically what this movie is, is uh, some some people move to a new town. And on their daughter's birthday, uh, their daughter gets run over by a truck. And it's the, the movie looks at that point like it's going to be them dealing with the grief. But then their neighbor, uh, their neighbor like goes up to the dad and says, I can see you're really hurting. Uh, Here, come with me. I want to show you something. And he shows him that him like an uh, an ancient Indian burial ground or something, and they do like this weird ritual that the dad doesn't realize what's going on, 
when that happens, he brings his daughter back to life. And I've actually just spoiled the movie because it's not the daughter he brings back to life. It's the cat. The daughter comes later. <laughs> so uh, major spoilers for Pet Cemetery. I was wondering, like, why is it Pet Cemetery if it's the daughter coming It's the back? cat. It's the cat, and then he brings back his daughter later. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, record a thing later on, and Brian can sort of edit it in. Just <laughs> major spoilers for Pet Cemetery if you haven't seen Pet Cemetery or don't know what it's about. And, like, skip to whatever point this ends up being. Yeah. Uh, avoid spoilers for Pet Cemetery. So are you a big Stephen King movie fan? Not really. No? He's done a lot of stuff. I certainly enjoy reading at least synopses of his things. And so I'm always interested when a new Stephen King movie comes out. Mm-hmm. But, like, I would say it's probably 50-50, the ones I've enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Like, I enjoyed It Chapter 1. I really, really liked 11-22-63, I think. Yeah, that's what it's called. I've heard that, like, I have a couple of friends who read the books, and they hated it. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I didn't read the book, and I really liked it. So you were fine, yeah. But I didn't much care for It Chapter 2 or Pet Cemetery. And there's been an, there's at least one other Stephen King thing I saw in the past that I had thoughts on. I don't remember if I liked it or not. Mm. I don't remember what it was. Okay. Oh, yeah, The Dark Tower. That was garbage. But it was hilarious garbage. So yeah. watch The Dark Tower. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other horror movie I saw over the summer, and I, I guess, like, we're starting to run close to out of time. So I won't go, I won't go too far into it, but uh, Midsummer. Oh, yeah. That the, is my favorite movie I've seen this year. Who's that by? Who's the director? I think his name is Avi Arid. Uh, he did uh, He did Hereditary last year. Avi Arid. Okay. Hered- I've heard of Hereditary, too. So Hereditary is a movie. Um, the basic premise of the movie is, like, there's this family and grandma dies. And no one is sad because everyone hated grandma. She was a terrible person. She was hated in the community. She was estranged from her daughter. They were her only relatives, so, like, grandma dies and they have to get her remains and stuff. The only person in the family who was even close to grandma at all was, like, the very young daughter. Yeah. And so she's, like, kind of grieving over grandma. And over the course of the movie, we learn more about, like, some of the weird stuff that grandma was into. <laughs> uh, and I'm not going to give away too much, but uh, yeah, without, without giving away too, too much, Midsummer is a cult movie. Avi Arad makes cult movies. So do with that information what you will with Hereditary. Okay. So Midsummer, it's about a bunch of master students, actually. I think they're all anthropology students mm-hmm. who um, go on a summer trip to a midsummer festival in a very secluded part of Sweden. I guess it's never outright stated, but it's very clear right from the beginning that like this secluded commune in Sweden is, is a cult. Like they they're a very they're they're their own cult. Over the course of that, they some some weird stuff happens and it's really, really creepy. But the neat thing is it's never like, oh, this is a devil worshiping cult or this is a cult that like just kills people for sport or something. Like it's not something outright. It's all of it is presented very um it sort of builds and everything that the cult does which a lot of like it does involve killing like people die in this movie but everything the cult does is presented gradually as like this is a culture very different from the one that we as north american viewers are used to yeah and so like when they present um like when they start 
like doing their traditional festival. They they'll start their traditional festival, and at the beginning of the festival, like all the old people get on get on stage and they do like a dance with a torch, and it's like okay, this is part of their festival, okay. And then the next thing is like there's a dinner at the festival, and the dinner has like very very strict guidelines, and it's like okay, this is kind of weird, but this is their culture. And then at one point, like some deaths happen, but the way that those deaths happen, it's also it's not necessarily excusable. Yeah. But the way it's presented is this is part of their festival and it's a normal thing in this festival. And then, like, things get worse and worse, but, like, you're always – it's always just barely stretching your suspension of disbelief and tolerance because it's always presented as this is just a different culture that you don't understand and that we're all learning about together. Yeah. By the end of the movie, when, like, things have gone completely to hell, it just – it, you don't you almost don't even know how things how it got there because it was so gradual and like that's the best part about this movie as far as i'm concerned um is it's all just present i've i've never i've personally never seen a horror movie that like builds that gradually like that because this movie doesn't even have because i've seen horror movies like funny games for example that like what like things get progressively worse i think us was kind of like that as well Things get progressively worse, and then there's one spot where they just, like, there's a shift, and all of a sudden, everything is really bad. And, like, things can still get progressively worse from there, but they've already, like, jumped the shark. Yeah. And there's never a point in Midsummer where it feels like it does, does that. There's one point I could kind of point to, but I would argue against it. So, like, without ma- without any spoilers for Midsummer, sorry for anyone who wanted to see Pet Cemetery, uh, that's... That's my favorite part. of That's the best thing I've thought about Midsummer, And, like, as I said, this is my favorite movie that I've seen this year. Wow. Yeah. So um, high praise. High praise. From Jeff. Definitely would recommend Midsummer yeah. for sure. All right, cool. I'll um, check it out. Have you, Did you see anything this summer? Because now we've talked about three movies, and I've talked about uh, all three of them. I've seen, what, Avengers, well, Avengers Endgame, obviously. Right, I cried right. watching that. I got very close. Yeah. Uh, Lion King... There's not much to say about that. It was the same, but just lackluster. It's the same, but worse. Yeah. Um, Toy Story 4. I liked was it. It's an interesting one. I don't know that... So the thing about Toy Story 4 is I don't know that I have very much to say about it. I really liked it, mm-hmm. but I don't even know specifically why. Like, it was a good story. It's a good story, yeah. It was a good story. There was nothing... I would say that, like, you can probably analyze it and find themes and stuff, but overall... Toy Story 4 was a good movie where, like, the other Toy Stories, I think, maybe maybe 1, 2, and 3 were at least a little on the nose. They were a little deeper. Mm-hmm. Where Toy Story 4, it wasn't shallow, but, like, I don't think there's quite as much there to examine, honestly. Uh, I'd say there was just about as much. It felt okay. more personal and real. Yeah. Um, As in, like, it, it didn't really have to do with, like, toys it was just more like woody's psychological aspects yeah i would say maybe the way maybe the reason i said that is like so in toy story one two and three like your main character you've got your main characters but they're telling like a very generalized very relatable story where in toy story four it's not as general like you said it's very personal to woody so Mm -hmm. like if you have seen one two and three you'll really really like four where It might come down to four. I don't know. I don't know if four stands alone as well. It does. It is a stand. It can be a standalone movie, 
but like it builds on the other three really, really nicely. That's true. And I, so I kind of wish it wasn't titled Toy Story Four because it didn't feel like a Toy Story movie. Yeah, it was just kind of more Woody's movie. It was very different. Yeah, and it had nothing to do with the other toys. It did kind of almost feel like a spinoff in that regard. Yes, didn't it? Yeah. but I guess they titled it because you know money. Well, that and also like this, they they definitely advertised this as the last Toy Story, which like yeah. they did that with three too. But yeah. at the same time, putting it as Toy Story four and advertising the heck out of it as the last Toy Story, it's like all right, we are not going to revisit these characters afterwards. Which, yeah. You know, whether or not that means anything, sure, but also that's sort of another effect of just titling it that. That's fair. Yeah, I, I guess that's true. Mm-hmm. I, I just wouldn't, it felt more like an, I'll say it's an epilogue. Yeah, It felt like definitely. an epilogue for the, even though it's an entire movie. Because like, but, yeah, Tim Allen was barely in that movie and yeah. he was a major character. He was a, well, he was a major character, but also he didn't really have a character arc. Yeah, that's true. He, well, he, I, he was, he felt, he was there as like Woody's sidekick. It was... Whereas before he was more of a leader. It was comic relief, but he did have a character arc because it was listening to his inner voice, Yeah, right? okay, well, <laughs> it's, like, silly because, like, he, he just, they made him really stupid for some reason. Yeah. And, like, it was almost like a retread of, like, number one. Where a little bit, He didn't yeah. really understand what being a, that he wasn't just a toy, you know, that he was, like, a, I think, like, a being. I guess, like, if, if you're going through Toy Story movies and your specific goal is to watch one, two, three, and four, and trace the person and trace the character arc of Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, you'll probably be a little disappointed by Toy Story Four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why. Yeah, Toy Story Three, much more of an ending. In my yeah, opinion, for sure. For everyone. Yeah, because Toy Story Three has in the, the ending itself feels like a complete ending too. Yeah. So anyway, not that this, not that Toy Story Four's ending didn't feel like an ending, but like you said, it felt more like an epilogue. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, anyways, I think we've. So that is It Chapter Ever 2 summer. and a summer movie roundup. Yeah. So uh, So would you recommend It Part 2 for anyone that's thinking about it? So. If you've seen It Chapter 1, uh, I would recommend it. However, I watched It Chapter 1 yesterday on Netflix. Yeah. And It Chapter 2 will likely also come to Netflix. I recommend so. just like waiting till they're both out and then watching them both. Like maybe not all in one night, but you know, just watch them both because might as well. I'll agree with that assessment. I'm definitely going to recommend the movie Hustlers. Yes. While we're on the while we're on the uh, yeah, subject. Um, yeah. So in the uh, in the future, so in two weeks, we'll probably be back. Oh, next week. So we're, we're we got sort of a weird schedule. Next week, we're going to come back and talk about another new movie. Mm-hmm. And the week after that, uh, from the time of recording, will be the first week. It'll be after the very first meeting of the UBCO Movie Maniacs. So we're going to talk about whatever movie we end up watching there. We've got a pretty good idea what it is, but it is not technically decided yet. So we're not going to spoil that yet. Yeah. And we'll find um, out how that goes. Yeah. And then eventually we'll come back and we'll talk about Kung Pao. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you guys. Yeah.